Now streaming, the Netflix and Swill podcast. Hello, me, my homies. Welcome to a very special Netflix and Swill podcast. I am Dan. Uh, Caleb is not here. I am instead joined by Mr. What's on Netflix himself, Casey Moore. Hi, uh, good morning. Hello. How's it going? Uh, I'm glad you're here. You dodged all the warrior nun picketers sitting outside your house. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm very happy about that. And uh, today, what we're here to do is talk about the 2023 movies that were just announced by Netflix. I don't know. It was like it was this week, like right before the earnings call, which I felt like was a bad sign that they were releasing. Hey, look at all the stuff we have coming out this year. D- ignore all the bad things that are happening for earnings call. Turned out to be OK. But uh, yes, we're going to be doing a serpentine style draft for this. So basically, uh, whoever gets the first pick, the next person will have the next two and so on and so forth until we each pick five movies, uh, one of which will be a wild card, which has not been announced, but we believe will hit the service sometime this year. Uh, and Casey, I won. Miraculously, I won the the coin toss or the dice roll or whatever you want to call it. So we'll start with me. Uh, and the, the movie that I am picking. Oh, also scoring wise, something we should yes. say. Uh, you explain this because you are you ha- you came up with it and it's uh, much better coming out of your mouth than mine. Uh, basically, we'll split it into two columns, uh, and then we'll do the first column of viewing hours, so popularity, basically, uh, and then we'll do critical acclaim as well. So, um, what what people liked on IMDb. So we'll put the IMDb scores in one column uh, of of the movies, and the viewership in the other where available, um, and then order them by rank, assign the points, and see who wins. Man, I can't. If any of these don't actually get viewership numbers, that'll be crazy. But crazier things have happened. Uh, we've we've seen Indeed. some 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 wild stuff out of Netflix doing stats recently. Yeah, but, I, I mean, I, I mean, a good few movies over the last year. You know, they've had really good reviews, but no one watched it. So, mm-hmm. you know, that would result in a, a very low point score on one column, but good on the other. So we're trying to hit a good balance in the ones that can hit both columns. Yep, absolutely. So uh, I'll get us started. And uh, I brought up a rabid fan base, you know, in our in our little intro segment. And I'll bring up another rabid fan base. I am going to go with Zack Snyder's Rebel Moon. Ooh, this is yes. Netflix's uh, attempt at a Star Wars. And uh, considering the... You know, fire James Gunn hashtags and restore the Snyderverse hashtags. Uh, Zack Snyder has his loyal legion. And also being that this is a Christmas release, this is the movie that Netflix wants to be the biggest of the year for them. They must have seen part of it to to say, yep, we've got a bit of confidence. It's the equivalent of this year's Knives Out, uh, essentially. Yes. Uh, I'm also curious if this will be a theatrical release. I don't know. I don't know how complete the movie is, but you know, we'll, we'll see. It might we might get another Thanksgiving theatrical release again to see what happens. But yeah, I I just feel like everything for this movie is lining up to be 
the the hit of net from Netflix this year. Mm-hmm. But I mean, who knows? Uh, I don't know. Army of the Dead really didn't light it on fire, but I, I just it feel did, like it did numbers. It did good numbers, didn't it? So yeah. Uh, so yeah, the, I'm going Rebel Moon. Uh, we'll see. Uh, I hope. <laughs> Okay, I'm going to pick a solid bet here at the top. I'm going to go Extraction 2, primarily for the uh, the viewership. Yep. Uh, Extraction 1 still resides in the top 10 of all time. This has got a crazy amount of interest, uh, particularly in uh, Eastern countries like uh, Asia and stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, Chris Hemsworth is just a massive movie star. Where I think it might fall down is is on the the, the IMDb side, I, I think. You know the trouble with generic action thrillers is that they, you know, they do what they say on the on the tin, but they're they're probably not you know awards fair or no. anything like that. So I, I I'm going to guess that you know the Gray Man was big this year again. Mm-hmm. Action movies just seem to be a solid bet, so I, I'm going with. That. Yep, that's that's totally fair, and I and I get that. Uh, I, that that was my thing too about Extraction was or Extraction Two is that it's. It will probably get viewership again. Probably not like the record viewership because you want to talk about Perfect Storms. You know, it was still going to be a highly viewed movie, but also it hit like right as lockdowns were happening. Yeah, and that's true. That, that just inflated everything, it, at least to me. I don't really have any numbers to back that up, but that's that's how I felt about it. So I don't think it's going to hit Extraction 1 levels of popularity, but it's still going to be fairly popular. Yeah, I think it might crack the top 10 just looking at the list. You know, I think The Irishman and The Unforgivable are very easily attainable movies at this point to beat. So, uh, yeah, we'll see. Uh, just looking at the. Oh, yes. Uh, right next to each other, actually. So, yeah, yeah, pretty much bang on. So, yeah, all you have to do is 115, 215 million, and yeah, you're in the, in the money. Yeah. So we'll see. But yeah, I, I like that pick. So, uh, what is your next pick? Uh, I'm going with a quality pick next, uh, and that is David Finch's The Killer. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, I, I kind of figure that this one's going to be an easy easy win on, on the IMDb side. I mm-hmm. think David Fincher is such a secure bet at this point. I think the only... Um, the, the only thing it might fall down on it is particularly some of his earlier movies. I don't know whether they've done well when they get licensed to move Netflix. Um, so that's the only one I'm potentially concerned about. Uh, but I, I think I think on an IMDb side, I think it's 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 an easy easy win, um, and it and it looks phenomenal. And we don't really have that much uh, footage yet. Um, but mm-hmm. I just think David Fincher alone just should be the seller on that one. Yeah, I mean, Fastbender hasn't done anything in a bit. Uh, this is his first rollback. I, I don't know if he has any cachet in that kind of respect, but. Considering that this is about an assassin, uh, you were talking about, you know, in, in terms of viewing numbers, at least some sort of action thriller that we're going to get. Those seem to be relatively popular to me and the gray man for say whatever you want about it. But it was an action thriller to a degree. And this is in theory going to be of higher quality. So yeah. I can I can definitely see it being a big hit on both sides. Yeah, I really, I really think one of the big things for this one will just be how good the posters are. I mean, I mean, yeah, you know, with action thrillers, it's all about what draws you in in the first place. I think the Gray Man did really well with that, and it, where it just had Ryan Gosling and Chris Evans, who you know are really, really popular, just facing off. And I think mm-hmm. that probably tells you all you need to know about the movie. Uh, because if you did go on to watch it, you'd probably not be that impressed, but it was <laughs> enough to keep you there. But yeah. <laughs> 
uh, yeah, I think I think visu- visually, as long as they they capture that um, and and give some, give give a good hook, I think it's going to be a, a easy run. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, speaking of Chris Evans, I'm going to go with a, a quality pick this time, uh, and I'm going to go with Pain Hustlers. This is uh, mm-hmm. Emily Blunt, Chris Evans, Andy Garcia, Catherine O'Hara. Uh, it's David Yates as well as a director. I mean. When you, I, I'm just looking at that cast and going, Chris Evans still has draw. Emily Blunt has draw to a degree, and I just want to see what happens with them. It it feels like it's going to be one of those ones that Netflix is going to try to push for Oscars. I mean, it's, get, it's getting released late in the year, uh, October 27th, so that's closer to around the time where awards awards watch comes in. So I, I think critically, it'll hit there. Uh, the the question is, can it hit with the audiences? Maybe, probably. Well, I mean, we'll see, uh, considering, you know, uh, again, the talent behind it in front of the camera. But yeah, I, I don't really know too much about the movie, but I'm just guessing based off of it, like it kind of looks like a, a a Wolf of Wall Street-ish type of movie. So yeah. that might work out in Netflix's favor. Uh, it's got to say the subject matter is really compelling, at least to me. So um, I think I think it's going to I imagine that one's going to do well in the second and third week. I, I don't imagine it's going to, you know, bounce off the walls on the first weekend. But uh, I, I think definitely going into the, the later stages of the first month, that one, mm-hmm. I think, will pick up steam for sure. Yeah. Uh, and then my next one is uh, not a quality pick at all. But I enjoyed the first movie. Uh, it's going to be Murder Mystery 2. It's, it's Adam Sandler. Adam Sandler has movies that people watch, uh, whether, whether you re- like it or not. And uh, I enjoyed Murder Mystery 1 to a degree. I thought it was, you know, funny to uh, funny. It was like the least annoying Sandler we had uh, to that point. Uh, yeah. And then, you know, Hustle and other such things. But uh, y- yeah, I just... I just I just want it to be good. Uh, it, it looks like another Adam Sandler takes his friends on vacation kind of movie uh-huh. where they're traveling around Europe again. But but still, I think it's going to scratch enough of an itch for the comedy fans and the people who like Adam Sandler uh, to pull in some some good viewing numbers. It's it's not going to do well critically. It's probably going to be like in that five and a half to six range on IMDb, but whatever. Yeah, and the first movie did really well, although it was on the on the old metric system, so we don't really know um, how how that translates to modern. Uh, it, it's not in the top tens for sure, but uh, yeah, I, I think that's a solid bet. Out of the three movies that are confirmed to be his, I think that that one's the that was the easy easy win. Um, Leo, I'm not so sure on, and Spaceman is a complete toss of the coin. Um, we know so little about that. The subject matter is is bonkers. Um, and whether he pulls it off, I do not know, but it's. Uh, okay. I, I'm now just looking at Spaceman. Wait, this cast is actually crazy. Adam Sandler, Carrie Mulligan, Paul Dano. Yeah. Wow. And, it, and, it, and, and reading the first few sentences of, of the log line, I don't know if you want to do that, but it's, it then goes off, off the rails uh, in the book at least. So um, 
an astronaut as an astronaut sent to the edge of the galaxy to collect mysterious ancient dust finds his earthly life falling to pieces. He turns to the only voice who can help him try to put it back together. It just so happens to belong to a creature from the beginning of time lurking in the shadows of his ship. That sounds bonkers. Yeah, it's it's a it's a giant spider. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so it's it's a bit like Interstellar meets a fantasy movie by the sounds of it. So, huh. I, I I don't know. I, I I don't know. Completely up in the air on that one, uh, and and not one of my picks. Unfortunately, I think it's too much of a wild card. Yeah, but like that, that's actually interesting because I like seeing Adam Sandler. You know, I, I like the the thought of Adam Sandler doing like, all right, one for me, one for you, or two for me and one for you, where he like. He'll do like his dramatic roles like Hustle for Netflix and <laughs> also be able to put out his dumb vacation movies with his friends. Yep. Yeah, he's a he's a powerhouse for Netflix. He's really hitting all, across all, all all boards. And I, I imagine that they're going to keep going. You know, he's got a, a supposedly got a Noah Bombach film coming out where he's co-starring alongside Brad Pitt, um, plus a new, new Safdie mo- uh, Brothers movie. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, he's... Yeah, I think your article on what's on Netflix said six movies from Sandler coming, at least, and then and then additional ones from his production company where he just serves as like a, a executive producer, which is the Outlaws this year. Okay. Instance. All right. Well, yeah, those are my two picks. So let's move on to you. What are your next two picks? Uh, okay, so I'm going to go with a high school uh, high school one, and I'm going to go with animation this time. Um, hmm. I was split between this. I won't name the other one in case you change your mind. Um, but I'm going to go Chicken Run 2. I think okay. Ardman, Ardman uh, they, they just put out quality every time. I think the only, the only worry I have with Chicken Run 2 is that the first Chicken Run, I don't know how popular it was in the States. It's, it was more of a British, British movie, hmm. um, obviously a British studio, but... Um, yeah, I think it's going to do high scores. Ardman has superb writers. Their art style is, is amazing. Uh, the only thing that I think that they might fall down on is viewing hours, but we'll have to see. Right. Well, it's a kid's movie. Netflix needs kids' animation movies to to, to keep hitting. Uh, I mean, yeah. The Sea Beast is their most viewed animation movie ever, and even that didn't crack the top 10 or really even come close. Like, no. it, it was off by about 40 million hours for that and yeah that's they they do need something to actually hit in the top 10 that is an animated movie because otherwise it just seems like animation has a ceiling for netflix and just can't get past that yeah i think i think half the trouble is is it's very expensive and and such a long window to get these out um and and you know really uh animation that does well in in especially in theatrical are all based on existing ip um mm. so it's it's really hard to launch you know ask disney this year they've had or last year they had a rotten year with launching new new movies even right. even movies sometimes based on existing ip so i just think animation's having a hard time uh generally at the moment um but i think Ardman are a good a good bet well okay all right let's get to your next pick what's what's that one uh, okay, so I'm going to go with uh, the wonderful story of Henry Sugar, or whatever it turns out. Um, Netflix have basically said it's an untitled Wes Anderson mm. Roald Dahl film. Uh, originally, it was just adapting the the wonderful story of Henry Sugar. Now it looks more like an anthology sh- uh, movie that's going to adapt multiple short stories of Roald Dahl. Um, I think with Matilda, we saw it did well. Um, and Wes Anderson is a really solid, solid bet as a director and a writer. Um, and it's got a superb cast. So my guess is that this is going to be a Christmas hit. 
Um, and I think given that that Christmas window, it might do well like Matilda did. Although although Matilda didn't come close to the top in the, the no. overall charts either. Well, that was I, – I, I've said it before. Like that's wild to me is is that Matilda was viral for the dance. Like mm. the, the big dance number was everywhere. And I assumed like just based off of that, a ton of people would check out the movie. And I just look at those viewing stats and like a ton of people did not check out this movie at all. <laughs> I, I think there was the, it was the, the only bankable star was so f- uh, done up in, in makeup that it yeah. was hard to even recognize her. Um, so I think I think that's probably it. It was it stand for, and I think one of its best performing markets would have been the UK, where it isn't available on Netflix; it's in cinemas. So, oh. yeah, I think that that probably makes a a little bit of a difference. Not huge, but right. Well, well, damn, I uh, didn't know that about it not being on Netflix in the UK. So, but that makes sense then. Yeah, it comes out in the summer here. They it, it, Sony kept retained the the rights in in the UK for some reason. That's so. Okay, good. Whatever, Sony. You do whatever you want. <laughs> Don't go down that rabbit hole. <laughs> yeah, that's that's something. All right. Uh, then we got my my next two picks. Uh, will be a, a real pick and then a wild card pick that you already know. But I mean, I have to tell everybody else as well. I want to go another quality pick this time. And considering the pedigree of just his directorial debut, I think Bradley Cooper's Maestro mm. is. You know, uh, A Star is Born was such a big hit. It it played at the Oscars. I feel like a ton of people saw it, although I don't have the numbers in front of me for like box office or anything. But I I feel like Maestro has some good things heading toward coming towards it because of just the Bradley Cooper aspect of it. Um, I I really don't know much else about it. I mean, it's the the Leonard Bernstein uh, movie. And Bradley Cooper is going to be all done up in his makeup. So I, it's it's one of those movies that feels like a perfect storm where it's going to get solid viewership and it's going to get play at the Oscars, mm-hmm. assuming, of course, that everything works out for the movie and everyone actually it, like things are actually going the way they should be going. But um, yeah, I, I just think it's a magnet for critics. I, I think Bradley Cooper is on the rise as a director. So, yeah, I, I, I'd be on the lookout for Maestro at least for the critics and again maybe for viewing hours yeah and, and netflix clearly has a bit of um uh trust in it given that they've released so much assets for it this far out i mean perhaps that was because quite a bit of that was leaking anyway but um yeah it's it's always good when they when they give you uh images really early on in a in movies project right it's when when it's a week out and you still haven't seen any of it that's perhaps when you need to get worried <laughs> oh yeah 100 percent. yeah when, when when the trailer I, i've said it before on our show when we covered trailers for downstream and it's like hey this trailer uh the the project came out already and the trailer released on the same day so mm-hmm. this project will not do well and 99 yeah. percent of the time that is true they're they're the rare exceptions where people actually do seem to be paying attention to that project but yeah they're yeah. Uh, so yeah, the inverse is more often than not true that Netflix is going to push Maestro quite a bit. Yeah, that would be my guess too. All right, and then uh, my wild card pick, uh, Casey. I already told you, but it's Spy Kids Armageddon. Uh, I really enjoyed. Well, not really enjoyed. I enjoyed We Can Be Heroes, and that was a surprising hit, at least for me, when it came to the viewing hours that were reported. 
So Robert Rodriguez doing another movie for Netflix. It seems like a match made in heaven. I don't think it's going to do super well critically. I, I think it's going to be in like that six, six and a half kind of range. But viewing hours wise, We Can Be Heroes did fairly well. And uh, it's Spy Kids. Assuming Netflix some can get the distribution rights for the other movies, which I mean, they didn't get them for that 70s show. But hey, whatever. The, the, we can only <laughs> hope for better times this time. But assuming they can get that those uh, distribution rights for those movies, I, I'd be very interested to see what happens. But yeah, I think this is the live action kids movie that we're really going to have to be paying attention to this year. Yeah, uh, we can be heroes. Just stuck around like mm-hmm. a like a bad smell for for a long, long time. Um, so, uh, we, we, and and a lot of people like it. You know, I think if yeah. once you know what you're getting into, uh, and, and and more importantly, you aren't putting your um, harder dollars on the line as well because it's just part of your subscription i think you can go in relatively having a good time um and and if you don't know what spy kids is by now you know it's and and you go in with the the wrong expectations then yeah you're going to be sorely disappointed but oh yeah absolutely i I think it's got its reputation by now yeah well and it's been what I, i can it's it's been at least five years since the last spy kids so at least there's a new generation that can be introduced to spy kids from this Mm-hmm. so yeah yeah. Uh, yeah we're gonna i'm going with, with spy kids uh just for the robert rodriguez of the movie okay so my my wild card pick is havoc and and it's basically for the same reasons that i picked um extraction 2 uh with the caveat that this might not come out this year so it gets zero points on both ends i think it's ready i i it's been a long time since it filmed so I, I really hope that it works uh, and it comes out this year. I'm praying on it, uh, but it's. Oh, my God. I So I pulled this up. This is cr- this cast is kind of nuts. And considering the director. Yeah, this should this should be fa- fantastic. It's it's Gareth Evans directing with Tom Hardy, Forrest Whitaker, Timothy Oliphant. And uh, oh, what's her name? Ellie May. Or Je- I'm sorry. Jesse May Lee from. Uh, Shadow and Bone. Yeah, and it, it's uh, and Netflix have clearly put um, a lot of uh, stock behind Gareth Evans because it's not his only upcoming project for Netflix. He's also serving as executive producer on, the, on a new version of The Raid, which he served as writer on the first time around. Right. Um, yeah, as you say, great cast. Uh, it's an action thriller, and it's got Tom Hardy on the front. So I, I, I think it just ticks all the boxes. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a hell of a pick. I, I did not even. I was not even aware of this movie, so I'm <laughs> glad we did this. With the, with the strong caveat that it, you know, if it goes, if it doesn't come out this year, then I get no poire. So, yeah, of course. So. Well, same thing with Spy Kids Armageddon. It wasn't announced. We have no idea if it's even coming out this year. So again, who knows? All right. So uh, just to run down the lists, I had Rebel Moon, Pain Hustlers, Murder Mystery Two, Maestro, and Spy Kids Armageddon. Casey, you had Extraction Two, The Killer, Chicken Run. The Wes Anderson Roald Dahl anthology movie and Havoc. Mm-hmm. I like and all of And I, I'm already regretting one choice. Um, so that's... Uh, I, yeah. I, bet it's, I bet it's Chicken Run too. It is. I, I know what I should have <laughs> put there, but there is an, a much more bankable movie. Um, uh, perhaps I should say it now. Because uh, if, if this is the difference between me winning and losing, uh, I should have picked Damsel. 
and, and primarily only for the reason that Millie Bobby Brown's in it. I, I don't know what the movie's going to be like. I weren't, I wasn't too impressed with what we saw on Tuesday, but uh, I think if there's a bankable star out there for Netflix, at least it's Millie Bobby Brown. Yeah, I, I'm not convinced that she's a a capital S star. I'm convinced she's mm-hmm. a star as of right now. I Anola Holmes too was like. I expect this to be really, really close for the Netflix top 10. And it fell in that kind of same range as the sea beast where it wasn't really even close at all. Mm. Is it her or is it the property of it being a sequel that really hurt Enola Holmes too? I guess damsel will tell us. Mm. Yep. Agreed. All right. Uh, anything else you want to shout out on this list before, uh, before we get out of here? Uh, I, th- I think that covers the. Uh, I think that covers the ones that I'm banking on. I think there are a few that are flying under the radar. Spaceman's probably a good one. Um, mm. uh, the Magician's Elephant. I think that hits the same sort of tone as Chicken Runners. So the reason I picked that, I think it's a, it's a really good bankable um, quality animation. How how well it does performance wise is is another story. Right. Uh, for for me, I'm. Part of me is kind of looking for this year's Purple Hearts, you know, the yeah. movie that somehow, some way made its way into Netflix's global top 10. I'm not saying there's going to be a movie like that every year, but like that movie that just comes out of nowhere and just works for whatever reason. Yeah, and mostly for just going viral on TikTok, you know, yeah. that was that was that's been. I, I think that is still one of the most underappreciated things in, about uh, you know Netflix strategy is how much they rely on just pure shows and movies going vi- viral on TikTok, and you can see they're now trying to because every show and movie seems to have a dance routine somehow. You know, I think back to Resident Evil, and I think that dance scene was so strange, but you can clearly see that they designed that around the to try and get it to go viral. Unfortunately, it did, but it just did. stopped for the just right the reason. the wrong type of viral. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so uh, I, I think they're impossible to predict. I think that's more of a, a throwing enough at the wall and seeing what sticks. Right. Yeah, oh boy. Yeah, you. you I, I remember, I, I. this is me defending Resident Evil again for the last time, but like, <laughs> I, I remember seeing that dance in TikToks, so I'm like, well, what's the context for the dance? Like, there's no way this dance is just happening because. And then I see the context. I'm like, OK, it's not great in context, but at least like I get it and I understand what they were trying to do. But like everyone was just like, this is Resident Evil where it's just Fortnite dances. And I'm just like, oh, God, shut up. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I, I think if you're on the hate train already, which a lot of people argue I, I was, there wasn't yes. much reason you needed to uh, oh, no to go to be pushed over the edge and i think that did it oh yeah that was that was when i started seeing that going viral i'm just like oh god the show's dead it's just done from here there's no <laughs> way i can recover anyway. i just loved I, I just love the irony though of like that dance scene playing on the top of the tiktok and then it's just like middle-aged men screaming at the bottom and it's just like this is exactly what's happening right now. Like this, like your the TikTok you've shared is your exact situation. So thank you for making this irony. <laughs> Brilliant. All right. Well, Casey, thank you for for showing up. I appreciate it. Uh, I did want to ask you a couple things regarding the Netflix earnings call. Nothing financial, just strategy wise. Uh, Reed Hastings sure. stepping down. What did you think? 
I, I don't want to say it was unsurprising or surprising. I think he's kind of signaled that he's been relatively hands off for a while now. I think Ted Sarandos is clearly in, in the last earning few earnings calls has clearly just took the lead um, on that side, and I think. Uh, Greg Peters coming in as uh, the co-CEO makes makes a nice match, and I think that does signal that Netflix isn't hasn't turned into primarily a, a content company. It's still got a bit of tech to it, mm-hmm. um, which is which is nice. Um, Bella, if you read uh, the recent um, uh, Bella Bajaria interview, I, I tried. Uh, in, it's so much <laughs> in the New Yorker that kind of makes sense to why her role is now what it is, right? Um, yeah, you know because she wasn't managing TV, she was managing the like entire slates and talking about things on a very high high bird's eye view level. So I think if you, if you know just deconstructing the last few months, I think a lot of these decisions have been on the wall for a while. Um, and it, it's good Netflix can complete a succession plan, unlike Disney, which is <laughs> who, who knows what's going on there. Right. Um, so yeah, pretty good. Uh, over overall, I think you know it's it's going to be weird not being able to predict. Or have uh, a subscriber predictions going forward yeah. rather than a revenue. I think that makes our lives harder um, as, as trying to cover it because I think it, there's so many factors that go into revenue that actually we don't have uh, eyes on. Um, right. Uh, and well, yeah. And so to compound on that too is that revenue was actually down this quarter compared to last mm. quarter, and me you can you can charge that to you know the federal exchange to the dollar, which is that's definitely hurting the revenue fa- the, the revenue side. I mean, if you look at, I shared uh, the ARPU from 2018 till this quarter and yes. it, everything seems to be like either holding steady or just fine. And then all of a sudden, like as soon as the, the dollar started to get strong or other currencies got weak, whichever one you want to say, the, the ARPU just started falling off in every other region other than the United States and Canada. So, it's it's a weird time for them to make this decision to just focus on revenue when it seems like unless there gets to be some stability or a rebound in foreign currency exchange that revenue is just going to continue to tail off yeah and 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 the other factor here is that uh, us subs are still down right um, yes you know we're, we're down nearly almost a million over the last year um, so I guess, you know, the big question that sticks in my mind is, isn't whether, whether that, it, you know, Netflix is dying in, in, in US and Canada. It's really about, you know, people's appetite for streaming service. You know, cord cutting isn't going anywhere. Um, but are people just becoming more and more savvy? So it makes you question whether, whether Netflix is going to have to tie people in, uh, for the first time for a year just to, you know, be more competitive on, in that landscape when, when people can come in for a month, binge everything they want and then leave again. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. They, they talked about their, their two main strategies for this year are going to be, uh, locking in and figuring out their advertising tier. Mm-hmm. And then this, uh, password sharing plan, the password sharing plans don't call it a crackdown. We promise it's not a crackdown. <laughs> Yeah, there's always a certain irony where, they, where the, their first sentence is, we want to do nothing but treat the consumer, you know, or serve the customer. Mm-hmm. And then, then the next breath saying, we're about to, you know, split every customer's payments in two and, make, and charge double for what you were getting for the same price for, you know, people, two people, yeah. which is always, always in, interesting. Uh, but they, but it, they're going to have to do it. It's, you know, you wouldn't expect to be sharing uh, your, you know, your 
uh, neighbor's uh, broadband service, so you wouldn't accept, expect to, you know, uh, share streaming services. So, but it's it's about doing it in a way that's not punitive, or at, at least not seeming to be done punitive. And I think some of their strategies make sense. Um, at least, you know, the way that the headlines paint, paint it out to be, I think it's going to come somewhere between the two. Right. I, I just think the ultimate problem with the that is that I, I think the message has just gotten away from them. And the, the headlines you see every time they talk about it, password sharing crackdown, password sharing crackdown. And it, it just puts the fear of God into people. Not the fear of God, but like the mm. contempt of God into people where they're just like, you take away my password sharing to where my family of 19 people, my grandma <laughs> from down the street, my, my brother who lives in San Francisco and I live in New York. Like, fuck it, if we can't share that password, then you're dog shit and I hate you. Like that's that's what the response is right now versus anything else. And just having that be the response to them talking about doing anything with password sharing is bad. Yeah. Yeah, I think there were there were some other things I picked up on. Um I still think the gaming strategy, I mean it, it still gets a paragraph every every mm-hmm. quarter. Um and, and I still don't think we've yet to see an actual strategy uh materialize. They kind of said that they want to focus more on their own IP when developing games. Um, I think half the trouble is is that just there's still a lot of people that don't even know they exist, yep. um, and the, and the games that they have been buying in, they're either you know they're just been bought from somewhere else or you know they're stripped stripped of their predatory monetary, uh, you know how they how they used to earn money from the games, right. and, and therefore they're kind of broken because that was how the game was built in the first place. Right. Um, so I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't think volume is the play on that one. And that seems to be what they're doing just to get off, off the mark. And I think by doing that, they're kind of damaging it. Um, you know, there, there were some good ones this year, you know, the, the quiz game that they built inside of Netflix's. Yeah. That was fantastic. Um, that was a great idea. Yeah. They, that, that is in my view, what they should be aiming for uh, as in, uh, you know, going after sort of like how the Nintendo Wii revolutionized, you know, family gaming. Um, that's what they should be doing because I think there's still a big market to be had there. Um, and I, 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 yeah, I just don't know. I, you hear a lot of things. They've they've picked up a lot of studios, but some are developing AAA games. It just seems so scattershot that I just don't understand what the direction is at the moment. Yeah, I, I don't really have a. I don't. I, I've tried. I've tried playing their games. Uh, it, it's just I'm not a mobile gamer. I'm not. I'm not the target audience, and yes. I'm the guy who has the Netflix app on his mobile phone. And that's the other thing too is that you can't play these games through your Xbox, through your PS5, through your TV, your your Fire Stick. I, and I think like having only a fraction of your market being able to use these games and play these games and not all of them wanting to be able to play those games. You're really speaking to a percent of a percent when it comes to what you're doing with your games department. Yeah. And that's what the download data says to us at the moment as well. You know, it's, it's, it's a single digit percentages of of Netflix subscribers, even if you assume, you know, no one's, re-downloading games or you know have got multiple ones so right yeah I, i'd love to know what the strategy is there unfortunately their pr is just i i don't i don't know no one seems to have, be doing interviews there or or releasing proper press um uh sheets so we'll see yeah all right well casey uh unless there's anything else you want to talk about from the earnings call uh thank you for joining me i really appreciate it i'm glad to have you back on the show no you're welcome anytime of course. Uh, what's on Netflix.com? I use it 
pretty much daily, actually. So uh, that means everybody else should also use it daily. Uh, give them the clicks so Casey doesn't have to make things like, uh, when does the Batman come to Netflix? <laughs> I don't think I did that one. But, you but did. Maybe I should. I, I, there was there was one that was there was one that I just looked at. Uh, it, was, it was like one, uh, one of the Disney movies. I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> but like, I get it. Ah, uh, yes, it probably was Avatar, right? I, I think uh, I, yeah. the the only defense I have in my in my defense is that not everyone knows that 20th Century Fox is that or, or yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Gotta pay the bills. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, th- that's what I say. I was like, oh, those, oh, here's a pay the bills article. It's fine. <laughs> but yes, what's on Netflix.com? It's it's uh, my favorite resource for all things that's, that's happening on Netflix, aside from my own podcast. But hey, this po- this podcast is powered by what's on Netflix. So therefore, same thing. So yes, uh, check it out. And uh, if you like what you were listening to here, let me know uh, in either the comments or on Twitter or uh, somewhere. Just don't tell me. Uh, bad things about myself because I can't take it. Uh, Casey is much better at taking bad things about himself. Uh, I, I, am, I am sensitive. I am a very sensitive man. Uh, I the second Warrior Nun fans come start looking looking for me, I uh, immediately tell my friends, and then they come bully the Warrior Nun fans with me. It's great. <laughs> but yes, uh, stay tuned. Uh, this week on the podcast, we will be reviewing Vikings Valhalla season two, and yeah, that's the main thing. And also, I'll be talking a bit more about the Netflix earnings call uh, in a five minute rant that Caleb will speak no words during. <laughs> So thank you for listening and we'll see you next Tuesday. Netflix and Swill is an independent podcast. As such, we believe in the scrappy underdogs of the podcast world. If you're an indie podcast and would like us to run your promo on our show, please contact us. The little guys need to stick together. If you enjoy what we're doing, please consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts and telling a friend. The more we grow, the better the show will be. Thank you for being part of the Netflix and Swill family.